Merry Christmas and welcome to the Faith Church Podcast Channel. We exist to reach people and connect them to God and others. If you'd like more information about Faith Church or would like to schedule a visit sometime, visit our website at www.igotofaith.com. This podcast is made possible due to the generosity of our Faith Church family. If you would like to contribute to our ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at www.igotofaith.com or you can text the amount of your contribution to 84321. Both of these options will send you to a safe and secure server. Your giving is much appreciated. Now get ready as our lead pastor, Steve Husky, continues with part four of our series, Original Christmas. The Faith Church, everybody. It's great to have you guys here. Hey, listen, my voice is a little rough. Um, I'm going through puberty. Don't let the beer fool you. It's great to have you guys here. Hey, listen, again, my name is Steve Husky. I'm the lead pastor. It's our privilege to have you here. If you are Faith Church family or possibly you are visiting from out of town or maybe you live here in the area and just wanted to stop by, we're glad that you're here. And we hope today, uh, through everything that we've done to prepare and to pray and to plan, that today's a great experience for you, that God does something truly significant in your heart and life. See, it's really this message is greater than the songs we sing and the presentation and the smoke and mirrors and lights. It really is about a life change that we can all experience in our heart through the gift of the Christ child. You see, Christmas is a celebration of giving. It started 2,000 years ago when God gave the gift of his son, born as a baby in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. And we continue the celebration today, 2,000 years later, as we give gifts to each other. Now, the difference between the gift that God gave and the gift that we give is that God gave the perfect gift. He gave the perfect gift. Now, when I say that, I I think all of us in this room as people who give gifts and people who receive gifts, we want to give, don't we? We want to give the perfect gift. If you're like me, you know, we put a lot of thought into what we're buying, what we want to give somebody. And it's hard, you know, to figure out what someone would like to have, um, to figure out what they would use, to figure out what we can afford. It's sometimes a challenge. But again, we want to give the perfect gift. We want people to receive the perfect gift. I know some people in my life who are great gift givers. My wife, uh, my oldest daughter, Kayla, she just always knows what to give. Uh, Miss Lisa uh, works in our office, great gift giver. But I, I thought about this. I didn't share this last night. My staff, we have an incredible staff here at Faith Church. Can we give some love, man, for what they just did for us? Wow. But, you know, they have, uh, they have given me some gifts over the years, and uh, this, this past year started, you know, making me realize what great gift givers they are. For example, last year at Christmas, um, they gave me a handgun. I'm kind of a gun guy, so I thought that was cool. And um, then for Boss's Day, Pastor Appreciation, my staff pitched in and uh, got me a package where I can go to Talladega and drive personally a NASCAR 200-plus miles per hour. Yeah! Yeah, I mean, kind of a cool gift. And then, uh, then just about a month later, just a few weeks ago, for Christmas, um, they bought me a package to go skydiving. Yeah, yeah wait, wait, whoa. So I started putting it all together. I thought, are they trying to get rid of me? <laughs> like it's a subtle, we love you, but, you know, I mean, I, but great gift givers, great gift givers. How many of you in this room know somebody who is a great gift giver? So we know people, we try to be those people, but again, remember that God gave the perfect gift. As a church, we are a giving church. In fact, again, if you're here, you need to know when you give money to this place, it doesn't stay here. Every year we 
give several hundred thousand dollars away to missions, benevolence, 401c3s, um, nonprofits right here in our community, around the states. Um, we respond to emergencies when they happen in our nation. Uh, right here at home, if you're a first-time guest, we want you to know we have a gift for you at our VIP booth. We would encourage you possibly to stop by and get that. Again, we just want to bless you. Uh, there are several times during the year that we do special series and we do large giveaways as a way just to bless people and love on them. Like, for example, uh, a couple years ago, we did a marriage box for every couple in order to help their marriages be stronger. We've given gifts to every family in our church. Um, last year, we gave away a gift, a, a game to every family because we believe that families that play together stay together. We've done, uh, we've done uh, gifts for men, tools. Uh, last year, we gave a massage to every mother for Mother's Day, not me personally because that would be weird. But uh, we brought in professional massage therapists. And so we're a giving church. And since Christmas is all about that celebration of giving, I thought we would give some gifts away today. Anybody here like, maybe like to receive a gift? I'm going to give a couple away. I need a couple people who like to get something. Anybody like a gift? Mike, go ahead and stand to your feet. Let me see. I need somebody else right there in the red sweater. Uh, stand up right over here. Blonde, move in. I need one more lady. All the way over on my left. You're right. Stand up. So I got some really cool gifts in here. I mean, these are Christmas. This is Christmas, right? And Christmas is a celebration of giving. And so I thought we would celebrate with some typical Christmas gifts. For example, you can't go wrong with this right here. This is a fruitcake. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. Y'all are laughing. They make millions of these every Christmas and give them away. In fact, I read somewhere that in Europe, they make these things to be as dense as mahogany wood. So I won't throw this because I'll kill you. So Pastor Ryan, if you'll help me out. Right over here. Here's another one. I love this. I love this. Mike, you're going to love this because this is Christmas. And you've never had a Christmas unless you got some tube socks. Yeah, baby. Yeah, so this is for you. I know you'll wear those and cherish those. What do we got over here? All the way over. Now, ladies, listen, you can act like you don't like it when we buy you these things, but secretly, deep down in your heart, we know that you like the practical gifts. And so we got you a nice pan. This is, uh, this is non-stick, non-burn, so you can go into a whole new level of cooking, non-burn. Merry Christmas. Get that for her. Now listen, right here, I saved the best for last. Because anybody who's ever had a Christmas, especially if you've gone to grandma's house on Christmas morning, grandma is always good to get somebody. Now we saved you from the whitey tidies, but we still got you some underwear, baby. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm going to kill somebody. I won't take the risk. Come on, let's give it up for them. Now, here's the funny thing is, again, uh, all of us in this room, we have received presents, we have received gifts like that from people who love us, people who well-intentioned want to buy us things that they think we'll use. And while gifts like underwear and ties and gloves and cooking wear, while all of those things are useful and we'll use them, let's be honest, it's probably something that we would never ask for. In fact, if we got a gift like that from somebody, we probably could quickly think of a hundred other things we would rather have besides it. So again, it's something we'll use, just not something we want. Probably when you think about the Christmas gift of God's Son, it probably, if we're honest, falls into the same category. While it's great and everything that God gave us His Son, if you could ask Him for anything, would you ask Him for His Son? I would imagine in this room that living life, facing challenges, raising families, dealing with bills, that there's probably a whole host of other things we would ask God for before we ever ask him for his son. So God thanks at everything for your son, but I'm not really sure it's practical. I'm not really sure what difference it makes on Monday morning. 
For example, if you're here and, uh, you know, God, thanks for your son, but I need, a, I need a spouse. Come on, all the single ladies. I need a man in 2018. Put that on the prayer list. All the single ladies, lift your hands. All the single men, look around. <laughs> you know, God, I, I mean, your son is great and everything, but, um, Lord, I, I need you to save my marriage. I need, uh, I need you to show up and do something in my home. God, thanks for your son and all, but man, we've been trying to have a kid forever. Lord, if you could answer a prayer, if you could give me something, the Christmas present I want is the, just the ability to have a child. In the things that we would ask God for while he gave us a son, we would ask things like this. God, I need a career boost. God, I need a raise. God, I need money to pay the bills. It's this time of the year that many of us recognize, as statistics tell us, that the average American family lives from paycheck to paycheck. And so if you had a prayer request, you probably wouldn't ask for God's son, even though that's what he gave. You would ask for some money. You would ask for some help. All the students, you would say, God, I need some scholarships. I need you to whisper some, tests, some answers to some tests in my ears. God, I need some career direction. What path should I take in school? So when you think about what God has done, while it's, it's a great gift, at the end of the day, sometimes it doesn't feel very practical. While it's something we'll use, we can probably think of some other things we would rather have from God. But I want you to remember what I said in the beginning, that God gave the perfect gift. You say, why is it perfect? Here's why it's the perfect gift, because it is the only true gift in the world that is one size fits all. I'm telling you, the gift of God's Son is for every person in this room, every person watching online, and every person on this people planet. Whether you're Republican or Democrat, it's the perfect gift for you. Whether you are white, black, rich, poor, whether you have three degrees, two degrees, or no degrees, it is the perfect gift. It is one size fits all. He meets every person in every situation of life all day, every day. God gave the perfect gift in his son Christ Jesus 2,000 years ago. Can God get some praise in this place? You say, well, pastor, why is it such a great gift? An angel showed up. I don't know who showed up when you were born, but an angel showed up when Jesus was born. In fact, uh, a whole party of angels showed up. The first one showed up and he said this to a group of shepherds hanging out that night 2,000 years ago. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, come on, shout those two words, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, read it with me, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. See, here's why the gift of the Christ child, the greatest gift ever given, the perfect gift that's one size fits all is so great. Ultimately, the angel says this, that, that through the gift of the Christ child, that it would always bring glory back to God. And just for a minute in this room, I know this isn't for everybody. Some of you are new to church. Some of you, this is your first time to church. But for all the rest of us in this room, if God's done something for you through his son Jesus, if he saved you, forgave you, gave you joy, peace, hope, life, I wish you'd make some noise and bring glory to God in the highest. Come on, church. So ultimately, God gave a gift that brings glory back to him. But let's talk for a few minutes about why the gift of the Christ child is the greatest gift. Again, the angel said this, that what the purpose of the gift accomplishes is that it brings peace on earth. Everybody say that word, peace. Peace on earth. You say, what do you mean peace on earth? I mean this. I mean Christ gave us peace with God. 
See, I know that a lot of us, we like to convince ourselves that we're pretty good people, everything's great, and everyone else, you know. Other people have problems, other people have situations. I mean, we can admit that we make mistakes, to admit that we're the S-word, sinners, it's a little harder. But I think ACDC got it right. We're on a highway to hell. No stop signs or speed limits. Because the reality is, again, God made a perfect people planet. Everything was right. God made us to be in relationship with him. And Adam and Eve rebelled, did things their own way. And through that, that sin, that rebellion has been passed on from generation to generation. And you don't have to go very far. You can find any toddler, anyone in their terrible twos, and you can see that rebellious nature reflected. And you say, Pastor, are you kidding me? You're pointing at a kid? Absolutely. Because they'll lie to you. They'll steal from you. They will not listen to you. They'll disobey you. And it just goes on until you're a teenager. And then wheels off when you're an adult. You get to do whatever you want. And here you are. See, we, all we have to do is look the man in the mirror and recognize that something is wrong, something's broken. And the Bible tells us and paints the picture that we're not all really children of God. The Bible says we're children of wrath, that we're, because we live a rebellious lifestyle, because we walk in anarchy to God, that we're enemies of God. And there's nothing we can do to bridge the gap. There's nothing we can do to reach him. But what we're here to celebrate today is that while we could not reach him through church, good deeds, giving money, trying to be righteous on our own, God reached down through his son Jesus 2,000 years ago, and through Christ he gave us peace with God. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Romans 5.10 says it this way. For since our friendship with God, read it, was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies. We will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So I want you to know today, no matter where you're at, if you're here and maybe the idea of God or the idea of being in a relationship with God, the idea of one day standing before God frightens you, freaks you out, makes you nervous, I want you to know that through Christ, you can have peace with God. Not only did Christ come to bring us peace with God, but Christ gives us peace with others. See, statistics tell us that the average person has 290 relationships. Think about that. 290 relationships are 290 relationships like family members, people who live in our subdivision, people we spend time with on the ball field with our kids, people that we work with. 290 relationships, while that's great and everything, let's just be honest, that's 290 opportunities for tension and dissension. That's 290 opportunities for there to be falling out. There are 290 opportunities for there to be arguments and strife. Because the reality is, even though we have relationship, a lot of us in this room today, we have relationships that are broken. In fact, some of you this morning, you woke up with a tickle in your throat, not because you're really sick. You just don't want to go to the family gathering where he is or where she is. And so Jesus came into this world, and his promise is not just to magically fix every marriage and fix every relationship with every kid, aunt, uncle, grandma, neighbor, community member, but the reality is that through Christ's coming, through the greatest gift ever given, God gives people who have put their trust and accepted that gift a brand new paradigm to live life in. And here's the paradigm. Now we don't respond to people based on what they've done to us, but based on what Christ has done for us. See, God loved us when we were unlovable. God forgave us even before we asked for it. God sees us the way he wants us to be and treats us in a way that we don't deserve. And we are called to do the same thing to everyone around us. And that's what brings peace to others. Think about if in your family, 
this weekend, within your neighbors, the people you work with, imagine if you responded to them the same way Christ responded to you. See, what happens is, as God fills your life with peace, it will certainly overflow into relationships that you're in. So Christ not only came to bring us peace with God and peace with others, but I think this is important. Christ came to bring us peace with ourselves. Think about this. The idea to talk about a God who forgives is attractive. I mean, I think probably on some level it's easy believism. Okay, God, you can forgive me. But for some reason, it's a little tougher mountain to climb for us to forgive ourselves. We make decisions in life and affect and impact other people. And even though we say God has forgiven me, for some of you in this room, you are still wrestling with anxiety and hurt and struggle on the inside of you because some of you have maybe made decisions like abortion, maybe divorce, and I know you have your reasons, and, and I just want you to know no matter what, who you are and where you are and what you've done, God forgives you, and you recognize that, but maybe you've got a divorce, and it's kind of laid awake of trouble in your marriage for your kids, and now you regret that, and you're not sure how to handle that. Maybe you're here, and you have struggled in the past with addiction, and anytime someone struggles with addiction, it always leaves a path to destruction. And so maybe you're hearing, like, Pastor Steve, like, it's great that God sent his son to give me forgiveness, but... Like, I'm just, I can't sleep at night because of what I've done. And you're here and you're carrying condemnation and shame and guilt. I want everybody here to know something today, that God wants you not just to have peace with him and peace with others. God wants you to have peace with yourself. And when you open up your heart to the Prince of Peace, it will push out the condemnation that God no longer wants you to walk under. In fact, Jesus said this to a woman actually caught in the very act of adultery. This is what he said to her 2,000 years ago and says to you today. Read it with me. Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Come on, shout these three words. Go in peace. God wants you to go in peace. And you have a decision to make. You can say, Pastor, I don't feel peace. Like I feel turmoil. I feel anxiety. You have to make a decision whether you're going to base your faith on how you feel or what God said. And you have to be careful never to elevate your sin over God's son because God sent his son to overcome your sin. And that's where we find peace and freedom. And I think the last one is important right here today for every single one of us that God not only sent us his son Jesus, that Christ would bring us peace with God and peace with others and peace with ourselves. But Christ gives us, come on, read it, peace in every situation. See, I'm, I'm not the preacher. I just want you to know I believe this. I believe God will prosper his servants. I believe God will bless his servants. I believe God gives us favor as his servants. But at the same time, I'm a realist. Uh, it may not be your best day now. 2018, while I, I know you hope you don't face trouble, here's a, here's a reality check. The person sitting to your right, to your left, or possibly the person sitting in your seat will probably face some challenge, difficulty, turmoil, or trial in 2018. You say, well, that's not good news. The good news is, is God came to be with us so he could be in us, that no matter what situation we're in, we're going to be okay because God is with us. See, I might be in turmoil. It just doesn't mean turmoil is in me because I have the prince 
of peace, which means in 2018, when trouble comes knocking on your door, you don't have to answer the door alone. You don't have to walk through it alone. You don't have to face it alone. The God who spoke creation into existence, the God who loved you enough to send his son, he's with me and he's with you, which gives us confidence. It gives us strength. It gives us hope and it gives us, come on, say it, peace. Think about that. Here's what was said again 2,000 years ago, Matthew chapter 1. It says this, every voice read this. Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Can we make that personal? God is with me. Come on, say that. God is with me. So if you're here and you're wrestling with peace, I want you to know that God gave the greatest gift to make peace available to every single person in this room. Several years ago, I had an opportunity. I'd stepped in pastoring my first church and Christmas time was coming and was looking for something significant to do. And so I became aware of this family that lived about 20 minutes away from the church and they were foster type parents, but they had 12 boys living in this home. And the boys that were living in this home were, they were too difficult. They were too troubled to live in a typical foster type home. Uh, they weren't bad enough yet, had been in and out of detention centers, but were not currently living in any type of juvenile detention center. And so this family had opened up their home to these 12 boys who were troubled. And I thought it would be great, you know? I mean, Christmas was coming. Most of these kids, if not all of them, we knew never had a normal Christmas as you and I probably would view it. Many of them had never woken up to a Christmas tree with presents with their names under it. So I thought, man, it would be great if we go to these boys and, man, we bless them and, like, just provide an incredible Christmas experience for them. And so the goal was that we're going to go there, and here's the question we were going to ask. If you could have anything you want for Christmas, what would it be? Think about that. If you could have anything for Christmas, what would it be? And our goal was, no matter what they asked for, we were going to do our best to get it. And so we thought, we're going to go and we'll interview these kids, ask them what they want. We'll take that back to our church family, let them see it. They can respond with generosity. We'll take that money. We're going to go buy these kids whatever they want because they've been deprived and have brokenness and struggled. Then we'll take them the video of them opening the stuff they asked for back to our church family so we can celebrate what generosity accomplishes. Isn't that a great idea? It sounded great on paper, like many ideas. So the day came, we had called the family that was taking care of these foster children. We drove up, we set up everything for the interview, and we brought the first kid in. And I'll never forget bringing this kid in, thinking that when we asked him, hey, if you could have anything, what would it be? My assumption was that they would ask for game consoles. I want an Xbox. I want a PlayStation. I thought they would ask for, like, I I want a new pair of Jordans. Give me some new kicks. I've not had new clothes. And so in our mind, we thought this is what they would ask for. And the first kid came in, sat down in front of the camera. We began to talk to him, and we asked the question, if you could have anything you want for Christmas, what would it be? And I'll never forget, without a hesitation, without a blink, he looked at me, and he said this. He said, he said man, I wish I could spend time with my dad for Christmas. And like, so we worked through this interview. And, and honestly, like, I thought, he's just an anomaly. Like, we'll get the next kid in, and bring the next kid in. We sit him down. Hey, if you could have anything you wanted for Christmas, like what would it be? I'm telling you without a hesitation, without a thought, he looked at us and said, man, I've not seen my brothers and sisters in a couple years. I wish I could see my family. And one by one, every single one of those 12 boys gave the exact same answer. They didn't want stuff. 
They didn't want presents or game councils or shoes. What those kids were saying is that there was something broken on the inside of them. And what I've come to tell you is if we're all honest in this room, we all have the same exact thing in our lives. We don't need more presents. We need more peace. And that's what Jesus came to bring. So I want to pray as we close this segment of our service. Y'all will bow your heads and your hearts. Father, God, I thank you for the peace that you've made available through the greatest gift ever given your son, Jesus. 2,000 years ago, you sent him on a rescue mission for us. And God, I pray for people in this room that God need peace in their families, peace in their own hearts, peace for situations they're walking through. God, I pray as they call out to you that, God, you would meet them where they are, that you would fill their hearts and their minds with peace that passes understanding. But, Lord, I believe the greatest peace that we need and is available through Christ is peace with God. With your head bowed and your eyes closed just for a minute, I want you to know that, again, the Bible makes it clear that there is a gap between us and God. There is a chasm that we cannot bridge through self-righteousness, through good deeds, through religion, that the only one to bridge the chasm was Christ. And if you will open up your heart and say, God, I need you, if you'll ask him, he'll forgive you. And so I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you'd like included in that today, maybe you're a church person, maybe you're not a church person, it doesn't matter because the gift is available to everybody. And maybe people told you that you can't be forgiven or maybe you've convinced yourself, but I want you to know that the greatest gift, Christ, is greater than any sin. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to close this segment in prayer. If you want included, say, Pastor Steve, will you pray for me today? I want to give my life to Christ. Today I want the peace that you said is available between me and God I want a relationship with God. If that's you all over this room, will you lift a hand real high and leave it up for one second? Pastor Steve, pray for me. Today, I want to give my life to Christ. Today, I want peace between me and Christ. Just lift it up and leave it up one, one minute so I can see it. Lift it up real high. Thank you, 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 thank you. A lot of hands. I'm going to pray, and I'm just going to ask every voice. This is a very simple act of faith, and it's not a magic prayer. It's just a way for you to express in a prayer to God what you just signified by raising your hand. So will you all pray this with me? Say, Jesus, I believe that you're the Prince of Peace, and I need the peace that you promise. Come into my heart and save me. I confess my sin. I believe right now that you're my Savior, and I'm your child. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said amen. Amen.